Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and this is the show where I bring to life the true failures, the true successes, and the true learnings from recruiters and recruitment business owners. My mission is for this podcast to become the place for recruiters to learn from others and to give a real insight into what it's like to work in the industry so those considering a career in recruitment know exactly what they're getting into. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz and today I'm joined by Andrew Silito, uh, who is a business psychologist and performance coach. So um, thank you for coming up all the way from Tunbridge Wells. I do really appreciate it, Andrew. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be back in East End. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, as, yeah. as you said, um, you used to... Uh, Sell on the market, not I too did. not too far away from here, right? Yeah, Roman Road. I had a market store here about twenty five years what ago. Was you actually selling then? Uh, knockoffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I used to bring oh, stuff from Italy, so it was like Armani suits. Oh, okay. Yeah, One like, of those stores. Yeah, Armani suits, uh, Max Mara for Love ladies. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so what was I always wonder with things like that? Like, did did they do? Pe- do you let people know that this isn't real, or like I don't know? What's the deal there? Do you know what I mean? I know it's real. Oh, I mean, it, it wasn't was really knockoffs, yeah. So it's the wrong word. One-offs. One-offs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like mean? it just means that it, you know, if you work in retail, because I was in well, in those days working yeah. in retail in the rag trade, and you'd buy ranges, you know, yeah, you'd yeah, buy yeah. Um, oh, you know, okay. three so seasons like ahead. Stuff. So it's like yeah, it was end of season. Oh, it was, right, okay. So you could pick it up a bit cheaper. Oh, right, okay, fair yeah, enough. Because yeah. I always think that because you you always get those stands, and then I'm like, P- do people buy them thinking that it's like real? But if it, if it is actually genuine and it's real, it's not fake, and that's fair enough. No, 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 definitely real. Yeah, knockoffs, wrong word. One-offs. Yeah, yeah. Love that. So, look, Andrew, as I was just saying, where where I love to start, and I know your your stories are definitely different to the normal people that um, come in the studio. But what? How? Tell us a bit about the story um, when you first sort of um, got exposed to uh, the mad world of recruitment and uh, mm. what that journey was like. Uh, so I, I got into recruitment, the recru- recruitment industry, yeah. if you like. Um, I had obviously lots of friends growing up who were in the recruitment industry, so it was always in, intrigued me. Sure. Um, but uh, joined S3 in 2009. Yeah. So I'd, up until then, I'd always worked in sales, you know, yeah. from the market stalls. And then uh, I have a sports background, so I was kind of doing that. Yeah. And, and then got some corporate exposure. I worked for Yellow Pages yeah. in, in the field, doing uh, advertising, marketing, sales. Um, and then just by chance, fell into consulting uh where I someone approached me and said, "Could you come in and talk about your, your sports background and your yeah, yeah, yeah. your like um, combine the two corporate and, and talk about mindset nice. and, and so on?" And, and in those days, it was all very new to me. I was just was all it? I was interested in was playing. Yeah, um, <clears throat> but I was going to I was going into companies like O2, Vodafone, yeah, yeah. Uh, and just talking about um, leadership and mindset and locker room spirit, all that kind of good stuff. Um, and then decided to go freelance in 2008, which was a terrible time to go freelance. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, kind of just the whole world changed. Didn't yeah. it? Um, and then got approached by S3 to to, to look at a role uh, heading up their leadership development management training. Nice. Um, so my role was to to look after a team of consultants that had a brilliant team who were designing, delivering training in, in the business globally. Yeah. Uh, and then my role, in addition to that, was... Uh, doing some uh, executive coaching okay. for the high potential. So those that were looking at moving into that director role. Yeah, yeah, that's really with, interesting. With those, okay, yeah. so just a quick one on that because I've, I've obviously I've heard S3 now a lot since I moved up to London. I used to be my own little recruitment bubble in Hayward's Heath. Right. Um, what, what was your perception of uh, S3 before you joined it? Like, did you have any grounding on what this business was like? Because they've, they've obviously got a huge reputation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Did you have any perception? Do I have to be honest? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course you've got to be honest. <laughs> I work there. I've got yeah. some really good friends that know. I, so I, I did ask about, in fact, uh, my, my girlfriend at the time yeah. uh, worked in recruitment. Okay. And she knew several people that worked at S3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they heard I was applying for this job, they were like, yeah, that's pretty tough, man. You know, like, that's a really? tough, yeah. Because I've had a few uh, people who, on here who worked at S3, and I, I always yeah, ask that because I'm always curious because, like, it's it's been the spawn of so many businesses, right? Yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. Um, spoken about a lot. So, yeah. so yeah, so you had um, so you had a bit of perception then and some yeah. people let you know what it was like. And it is tough, but that's why it's successful. And yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I I loved it. Did you? I loved my time at S3. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, did, you yeah. know about, what's, did you know about this 9am rule? That's what someone spoke about on this. No, Have you not heard about that. that? No. Oh, right. Okay. So it was that's um, midday at S three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, exactly. So I think it was. Um, it was. You may. You may or may not know him, but I had um, Andy Simpson on here from Stoke. And he got me the job at S3. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So I had him on here. So I asked Top him. Break. Yeah, so yeah. I asked him about S3 and his experience. What, what actually is, went on there to sort of create this culture and all this? And he, he mentioned the 9 a.m. rule, which is just a simple rule that if, if you're pretty much not there before 9 a.m. or you come in later or whatever, then more than likely you're going you're gonna right. to see the door and, and see you later yeah, um, sort yeah. of thing. Um, okay, cool. That's really interesting. So how long was you there for? Uh, two and a half years. Cool, okay. Yeah, yeah, just over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, <clears throat> I think that's, if we start with, so you helped um, billing managers as well. Is that right? Or yeah, that it... was kind of my, our sweet spot. So sweet we, spot, We designed perfect. some training for, for billing managers. And, you know, as a, as a consultant, I could come in and sort of identify where, where, was, where we're going to get the biggest bang for the buck. And for yeah. me, that billing manager role was, was so important to the, the scaling the business and yeah. the growing. And if you could master the billing manager role, yeah. the player coach role, yeah, yeah. then... For me, having worked with lead, you know, leaders in, in, mm. in the corporate world, I thought if you can master this role, yeah. you're pretty much yeah. set up to go well, anywhere. Let, let's, let's uncover that a bit because I think that will be really valuable for people because um, that, that's, that can be a real pain point. You're right. I've heard that a lot in terms of um, recruitment business owners saying that they're struggling to get that next layer um, mm-hmm. of leaders. Yeah. Um, and then also there's also uh, the pain point for high billing recruiters who sometimes, um, like Sean experienced at the CEO here, where um, he, he didn't really have much of a choice. He was, he was told that he was... Uh, going to be a billing manager and he basically had to recreate five six seven eight more of him right mm-hmm. um so let, let's uncover that a bit then so i guess from from your previous experience seeing seeing these billing managers what was um what was the biggest pain that you saw that they were going through i think one is training for, for a start that not much of them actually get much training but what what did you see that um you tried to yeah get hold of and, and coach them on straight away um for me it was I, th- I think it's actually evolved over the last yeah, yeah. eight years as well. So I think you know so there are some similarities to some of the things we were teaching at S3. Cool. Um, clearly, the, the time is the challenge, but time mm. is a bit of a cop-out, really, when you say time. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's really how they're choosing to spend their time. Um, uh, so, so for me, it was, it was a couple of things. But one is equipping with those the tools and techniques to to be a coach and, and, and empower those around them, yeah. et cetera, which do you think, a bit fluffy, Do you think everyone can be a coach? I think anybody can can learn to be a coach. Okay. I think some people transition much quicker. Yeah, yeah. Um, I and mean, we see uh, there's a whole different debate about that. Yeah, you know, yeah, what, yeah. what makes a good manager? Because yeah, it, yeah. you'll see people that are really strong in process, really strong in managing day to day activity, um, and can can go on to be just really strong managers. Mm. Uh, but often, then what we see is that they might lack some of that like those personable skills yeah, yeah. and not really emotional intelligence. Yeah, and then yeah. we're trying to teach that emotional intelligence, yeah, yeah, you know, how sure. to be a visionary, et cetera. That's fair um, so it, it's just it's getting people to play to their strengths. Yeah. Um, for me, for the, the billing manager uh, role is is one learning the tools and techniques. Um, so one of the things we talk about is 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 being able to mentor away from the game. 
Okay. So to build relationships away from the game, you know, get just to oh, actually okay. have a conversation. Often what happens away, away from the game is a conversation about KPIs, which oh, can be a disheartening conversation. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we, so what we encourage is just, you know, like have half an hour, go for a walk, you know, yeah. build that relationship away from the game. And the better, the stronger the relationship is away from the game, away from the sales floor, the tougher you can be in the game. Yeah, yeah. It's the same That's in sports. You know, you, you see... Isn't, isn't there, what about, so then, what, but then, they, okay, so then it's what, when you hear like, your manager trying to be your mate sort of thing, right? <coughs> yeah. is it, there's, there's a line there as well. Then, Absolutely, so it, yeah. Is that what you mean by like, then you can be tougher in the game if you've got that more solid relationship outside of the game? Is that and what and you even mean? it's still a professional relationship away yeah, from yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah, sure, you know? sure. I mean, Sir Alex Ferguson is a great example, right? Yeah. So people, the red face barking at people yeah. shouting aggressive manager mm. um, that we talked about but then you speak to players and they'll, they'll, they'll refer to him like a dad yeah you know okay. so how do you find that balance between yeah. you know absolute absolutely being held accountable yeah. in the game in the dressing room yeah, um, yeah but then have this kind of mentor that you can look up to away from the game and that's that's the biggest challenge for the billing manager and often what we see in we see in sports professional sports mm. where the conversations are only in the game do this do that yeah. be better at that no you're right you know, try that and after a while you're like you just get off my case yeah, yeah, yeah. no you're yeah, right it's right at first yeah, yeah but yeah. after a while but if you've got that relationship away from the game you go mm. yeah coach no problem yeah yeah you know? so what what types of things um uh, I guess is it just like uncovering just understand a bit more about that person like understand I don't know more what's going on in their life besides what's going on in those four walls in the office like yeah. is it anything in particular that is worth trying to find out or is it just generally just trying to build some some relationships I, well I, I always say to the, the sports coaches that I work with know yeah. everything about your players really you know, okay. because will manifest itself at some point yeah but but it's not therapy and we have to be very careful that we're not going into these <laughs> yeah. conversations trying to solve people's deepest darkest yeah, exactly. problems that, that, that's very different mm. uh so i don't i'm not an advocate of, of having that type of conversation because coaching is about where are you now where do you want to be yeah I'm talking about the, the future and the present mm. versus some yeah, stuff yeah, going yeah. on in the past um but if that happens but it, the, the point is yeah you could talk about I mean I remember having a, a manager and, and uh, my performance had dropped off a little bit yellow pages yeah. and he was like you know he was really curious about it but at the time I was I was just um, buying a house and it had all gone a bit wrong and mm. I was having to drive into the office whereas we had an o- a office home but I didn't have an office home I was living out of a bag at the time and wow, okay. friends and um and I was driving, I had to drive an hour to get to the office. And in the end, I, I stopped, you know, stopped yeah. going to the office. And, um, and he just had a conversation about, about the house and what they could do to help me with that and, yeah. you know, and make it a bit easier. And, and all of a sudden, you know, I'll never forget that conversation. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, those, com- like, I, I've experienced that myself, definitely, with my previous director. He, he helped me in, in that, <clears throat> that outside of the game, if you want to keep calling it that. And yep. those moments you don't forget them like and, and 100% I couldn't agree more that it does build that relationship even stronger if they they help you with that certain element yeah that, that's really powerful yeah. isn't it for yeah, sure yeah, so yeah. was it is there anything else then that springs to mind or is that a real key part of it or so so the, the point I was making there is that if if, if Bill and managers can focus on three things okay one is mentor away from the game yeah performance coach in the game okay you know, so look, looking out for stuff you know you're busy yeah doing your own work you know just hearing positive stuff when you hear a good yeah. call or you know making a note of it you don't mm. have to deal with it then or, or if you notice something that where someone might need a bit of support or a bit of help um just that performance coaching yeah around the desk uh, sitting down and listening to calls etc yeah. when, when you've got time and and then doing training once a week so you you, okay. you find something so we call that on the training grounds so if on you think about grounds, yeah. from a sports perspective you yeah. enter away from the game you're coaching in the game and then you're doing training, you're yeah. on the training ground. Okay. It's kind of the three areas yeah, that, yeah, that, makes sense. Uh, that every manager has to focus sense. on. Yeah. And if they can systemize that, 
you know, okay. and even gamify it in some way. Yeah. You know, to say, right, have I have I trained this week? Have I done a twenty minute session on biz dev? Have I done something on yeah, camera process? Yeah. Have I done something? You know, what's the what's the problem in my team right now that I need to run some training mm. on? If I could do half an hour at eight thirty before we start, yeah, great. You know, yeah. if I, have I have I mentored someone everybody's month? Yeah. Have I done some before? Have I given some feedback to somebody? Yeah. You know, daily. You yeah, know, and if no, that's, that's not really happening, smart. then if you do that and systemize it, yeah. then just go all in your own billing. Yeah, that may, that makes it sound really quite simple as well when you when you break it down into those three sections, isn't it? That that makes sense. Um, okay, something I'm interested in then because I, I've had some bad managers in the past, oh, and cool. um, this this is just my perspective. But I think sometimes you get those managers that um, that haven't been like they haven't grown within the business, right? They they come externally, right? And yep. some of the, the, the bad managers that I've experienced that way is that when they come in, they feel like they have a point to prove um, in terms well, of... They do. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> no, as in like, okay, what I mean by that is like more stamping their authority right. as opposed to building relationships. Yeah. Um, what's your view on that? Because like, obviously, yeah, of course I have a point to prove. Yeah. I just mean more of like, they want to let everyone know that like, yeah, they have the authority. Yeah. They're, they're their manager, those sorts of things. Yeah. And for me, from what's worked better for me, obviously everyone's different, but I feel like if I was a new person, a, a new manager, I'd, I'd want to understand probably more focus on the out of the game stuff before before yeah. I start saying, hi guys, bang, I'm, I'm your new manager. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So what, yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I'm, I think, I think, so some part is that people grow out of that yeah. you know, because they're not comfortable with that vulnerability. Yeah, you, know, you yeah. start mentioning vulnerability to, you know, for want of a better word, alphas and those yeah, yeah. want to take That's charge true. and, and, and uh, have that sort of command and control. Yeah. Um, it's really coming from a place of insecurity. Yeah, no, you're right. Right. So, so once, once people start to accept that and, and go in and, and, and ask questions, the biggest shift from a manager to a leader is, is when they go, you know what, I don't have the answers. Um, okay. What do you think? Self-awareness. You know, that self-awareness and... And and just trying and being well. yes yeah, so humility yeah. and and just and showing some of that that vulnerability and that's what we see in in great leaders. But you know I I was a manager at Yellow Pages. First mm. thing I did was you know as a top form was say this is how I did it. Just follow that. Yeah. You know and everyone went no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. So but, and we yeah. see that in recruitment a lot. That yeah. that, that meritocracy. Mm. Um, so not you know the, the the top performers don't make great leaders. We know that. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Can we teach them? Well, we can, but they, they, it often comes from a, some sort of epiphany yeah, yeah. Um, okay. or, or a desire because it, it's just not working out. And, and we see a lot, you know, just go back to billing because yeah. that's where, yeah. where they're playing to their strengths. Last, la, la, last thing on the billing manager piece, and we may come back to it, but I think, so what, to, from your experience then, because obviously you've, you've continued to work with billing managers, not just in S3, but um, later on as well in your career. Yeah. So what, what's been like the most common habit that's that's held a billing manager back you've seen that or, or a most <clears throat> common mistake or whatever it is that you've seen that has prevented them just to become that leader or that yeah. that piece yeah what what have you seen a lot of uh, billing managers do i'd say the thing that's probably held them back holds them back the most mm. is the lack of patience really yeah that's uh you, you know you remember that they're they're going from in the game go 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. you know just playing and then all of a sudden they've got a slow it down and, mm. and go right where are my guys at and I think a part of that as well is that like they have less control <clears throat> of what of what? obviously you're saying they need to be patient but they're actually being patient on other people getting it right and that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so as yeah, in yeah, yeah. what I mean by that is in lack of control of that they can't just pick up the phone and do the biz dev for their team right. do you get yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah. That, that's but what they I've bring heard. that 
Huh? They bring that to the conversation. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. Absolutely that's right. what I mean. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think it's hard that, to switch that on and off. That's what I mean. Because like, I've heard that a lot as well. Where billing managers found it really tough. Where they they'll go in this new role and then they'd expect people to do things how they do it. Yep. Do you get what I mean? And yep. that's also a really challenge as well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What about what 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 about what what do really successful billing managers do? Like what what is it that just focus on those three key areas or what what is it that good leaders do a lot of? <clears throat> Uh, there's, there's a lot of things we could talk about there but um, uh, focus on your top performers okay uh, get rid of David Wood nice yeah simple yeah. like that yeah <laughs> recruiting's not for everybody yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. and uh, if you've got an angelic view that my top performers will keep performing and I'll just get these guys up to speed um, you know sometimes in recruitment and, and any, any any sort of high performance world sports any any kind of industry where you know some people aren't cut out for it yeah you know and and we've got to get to that decision pretty quickly, you know. So being slow to hire, quick to fire, yeah. type stuff, um, and, and and because you, you're doing that person injustice by holding on to them. Yeah, no, you you're know. Right. And, if you look at it it does, and it does also more. What I've heard a lot is that it holding on to that person, <clears throat> it does actually more damage, not just for for them, but also the team as well. It can be quite. Yeah, it it can, can quite yeah. damage the team, it, the, the it environment. Can be, yeah, and on different levels, you know, if that person's uh, you know a bit toxic, or mm. I mean, that's another debate. I mean, yeah, you have yeah, someone sure. who's who's a top performer and who's toxic, Ooh. right? You know, in your dressing yeah, room, and it only takes one bad apple to make the team underperform, mm. um, regardless of how good they are. But so, so there is that. Um, but you know, I people talk about we can only recruit on attitude and 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 so on, and and I'm I'm not a huge believer in that because okay. um, you know, as a as a you know, I've coached at a high level in, in sport. So mm. you have a bit of a luxury when you're, particularly when you're coaching an international team and you're yeah. playing a group of people together because you get the best, yeah, you get the to best see the best, the best, the best of the best. Um, so you look for skill first. You, yeah. know, you look, can they, can they skate? Can they stick handle? Can they shoot the yeah, puck? Yeah, yeah, can yeah. they do all that kind of mm. stuff? Um, and then are they the right cultural fit for the dressing room? Are they going to fit within this? That's and then, secondary. And then, and, yeah, and, that, mm. and that's secondary. And I, and I would encourage recruitment companies to, to, do, to have the same approach. And then okay. I might say, well, they've never sold before. Well, you can kind of tell if someone can sell. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can, yeah. you know, if they've got that DNA for sales and, mm. and how are you going to interview them in a way that, that cultivates gives that you that. that bring it and out, then yeah. once you go, actually, you know what? I think this person's cut out for sales. Mm. Um, now are they the right cultural fit? Yeah. You know, do they fit into our, into our organization? Mm. And, then, and then you can, and, and I, there's loads of debates around that. Yeah. yeah go, well, no, but no, but no, I, I think you know if, if someone's, you know, uh, got that, that, that DNA for sales. Yeah, yeah. Now let, let's go into that a bit more because I think that's always um, I, I put out to the audience quite a lot saying let me know if there's any topics you want me to cover, and I think it, it comes up a lot. Um, what what should we look out? What should we look out for that gives us the best chance of investing the right person for them to be a good recruiter? Like what key attributes? What what key personality traits? Whatever you want to call it. So you mentioned the DNA of sales or, <coughs> or whatever. What what key things that would you try and keep an eye on is it is it resilience is it patience is it confidence whatever it is what what would you say do you think well resilience is definitely yeah important um i think uh, a a desire (coughs) some sort of proven background a desire to do well yeah you know so often we say do you want to make money or if you want to make money great that's the first question isn't it yeah you know and and yeah it's you know you know that people that are inherently a little bit more selfish and you know yeah. often make good, yeah, yeah, good yeah. Re- uh, recruitment consultants um i think that's a given but um but i would just look for that that ambition that drive you mm. know that that um you know even if they they fail horribly mm. uh you know but selling something in an interview or something like that but the fact that they they gave it the best yeah, go, and yeah. then you kind of go actually this person's got that mm. that little bit of go in them to to yeah. try and at least 
show that they can sell something yeah. and then we can just give them the framework and the, yeah. the process and this but, but you know if, if they don't show any of that yeah. that desire then you're it's probably i not think right for fit. me as well it's like trying to tap into um like I know, I know obviously so many people use it now but trying to tap into that person's why in terms of like it's very easy to go yeah, on loads of money but if, mm-hmm. if you understand why they want to do that there that that can also help you make a, a good judgment i think if i'm telling you i want to make six figures this year and you say why is that hisham well i have a real motivator to enable my parents to live the life that they want to right yep Th- that's if you if you can tap into that and understand that Hopefully that should mean that when when you do have a shit day in recruitment and free interviews fall out, they can fall back on something that that that, that why and that 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 motivator and that's going to yeah, help. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? So I, I, think, I, I totally get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. I think um I think it's that because like for me um and also look a, a, a proper recruiter will understand that when they help candidates get into another uh, job or even them they they take the job because of that either personal connection with that company or the people that they met um, and also if it can really tap into like them getting close to their purpose or whatever do you know what I mean yep. so I think it's, it's that coupled with look trying to stop talking about Ibiza and, and trying to understand what why does this what does this person want to get out of this and, and yeah. how we can help them get close to that do you know what I mean well it's far it's far more intrinsic you know and, yeah. and we could go you know, I talk about in my book about the, the kind of Simon Sinek why, yeah, and, yeah, and, that, all that and he stuff, talks yeah. about Apple, and, and I yeah. think that's a very different why. That's a, that is yeah. a marketing message, and I think a lot of uh, businesses that are trying to go, you know, they've watched the video and they go, mm-hmm. right, let's, let's find our why, and you're mm-hmm. not spending two days offside. Yeah, because it's chucked out around a lot now. Isn't yeah, it? and it, it, it can, I think it's there's a misinterpretation of it. Mm-hmm. You know, Simon Sinek is a marketeer; he's mm-hmm. he's coming with a marketing message, and it, and it's very powerful. To, yeah to have that why he uses apple as an example yeah but really he's using steve jobs's why mm. you know so so when business say to me oh can you come and help us with our why uh and it's a ceo ceo i say well what's your why <laughs> because your why is the business why yeah, yeah you know yeah. what i mean so it's got, it's, it's got to start from that person, yeah now you it? can you can get your leadership team around that idea and, yeah, yeah. and get them to believe so in is it. that pretty much what you say when people say that then it's like what's your why yeah they're well, a bit startled when they when, when i first when i left s3 yeah my first uh three to four clients I was in the corporate went back into the corporate world it was Pfizer Ericsson uh, Virgin yeah. um, Axa PPP yeah. you know big big companies yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, that Axa is in time as well isn't that's they? right yeah, yeah, yeah. 2000 stuff so yeah. there's um, you know and it was all about this why you yeah, know? and, yeah. and uh, so actually if anything Simon did he's created a lot of work for me but <laughs> but, but <laughs> I got you, stuck I went in yeah. and I was starting to, I was getting caught out because you know you get a group of people go, well my why is this and yeah. some will say yeah my our why is to um, change the world and, and mm. then you get someone say well actually you know what my parents have had nothing yeah. and my wife's come and work and, yeah, and to yeah, work yeah. And, and, and make some money so I can give it back mm. that's a very different yeah. motivation uh, so getting everyone aligned it's so difficult. so if a business you know if you any of your business owners are watching and thinking yeah we want to get really clear on our why it, it's got to start with the business owner Really? That's my. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and say, yeah. you know, what's your why? Because Steve Jobs was was ruthless about challenging status quo, thinking differently, etc., yeah. etc. Et and and if you weren't bought into that, then you probably yeah, won't yeah. survive in the business. And do you think <clears> if if that if that business owner gets that right, it <clears> helps them make better decisions? I can imagine, like across all, all all different things, right? If they really nailed that down and understand it, it might. I'm assuming that hopefully it should help them make better hiring decisions better financial decision in terms of the business is this going to help me get closer to what yeah. I want to achieve yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, I, that, I, is that fair I would, I would say so and if you can align the business to it you're going to get it right through the business you're yeah. going to get that golden thread so yeah. what you want to be looking at is the what and the why so the what is to achieve X amount of yeah. you know revenue which is our kind of serves us as a business the why yeah. is to serve others mm. right so mm. even if you're trying to come into work to make money for your family you're, ser- you're still serving others it's yeah, a, ser- yeah, yeah. a selfless act yeah yeah 
So when people say, what's the difference between a vision or a why, a purpose and mission mm. and all these kind of semantics, I would just say, what and why? What, what do you want to achieve as a business? Yeah. Why, why, why is it important to you? So yeah. Who are you serving yeah. through your why? Well, and put that together as your vision. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. Just, you know, so you've got a, it's, it's a bit of a rational and an emotional version. Yeah. Then. Yeah, you've got yeah, the yeah. rational, which is, well, we have to make money. We've got to drive the bottom line. Yeah. But actually, if we could do it in a way which is meaningful and purposeful, mm. and then everybody through the business buys into that, yeah, yeah, then yeah. you're off to the races because yeah. you, you know, that's that's the holy grail. Mm. Um, okay. It's just, but there's a process to that. As yeah, well. yeah, no, sure. So, um, ju- just to frame it up a bit more, then. So, so you was a two and a half years at S3. Yep. Yeah. And then, so after that, as you said, went into to the um, corporate clients, as you just said. Yep. And then, did you continue to um, have <clears throat> recruitment businesses, or did that? How did that materialise? Did it, did you get more work because you worked at S three? Um, well, that, that's kind of how it, it was quite it? organic. Okay. Really. So, so what happened was I, I got a, a client. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, someone would, would ask come in to speak to them from recruitment. I remember what you did for us at S three. Oh, you oh yeah. Because yeah. To okay. Me. Well, that's probably um, a good comment to get into as well because they started so many businesses from that as well. Well, there was that. Yeah. So that, that was <laughs> that was one of the benefits. But um, at the time, I was um doing corporate rates so I was going <coughs> into these sort of small to medium sized businesses yeah. saying well, this is how the program looks how it was, mm-hmm. what it would cost yeah. and they were looking like I was crazy <laughs> I mean I was like but I was just kind of you know in that in that corporate world and then a few more clients and I started thinking you know what I'm having so much fun in, mm. with, with, in the recruitment industry really? and it was just just real people I wasn't yeah. you know being brought in by HR and sort of a tick in the box yeah, or work yeah, with this yeah. team it was you can work directly with the, the owner of the business we're doing real work yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and you could see change happen mm. uh, immediately and, um, and and sort of work with that business so by 2016 I would say I'd gone from 90% of my work being like kind corporate. of the corporate yeah. and, temp- and to completely reversing and then in 2017, I think it was two, it might have been 2016 actually. Okay. The strategic team coach brand was kind of dormant. It was the idea behind it was I, I was doing team coaching. That was my it's off the back of my I went to university, you know, did a masters mm. um, in organisational change and kind of recognised that team coaching was my my thing. That's where you could have the most amount of value. Yeah, I, I just and I enjoyed it, and um, so strategic team coach was was that was the proposition yeah. but the brand sort of lay dormant for a while and then I thought you know this is a good brand for recruitment so we just completely rebranded and, and positioned Strategic Team Coach as a recruitment, recruitment training company tra- yeah nice and that's, and that's really I mean you know just from a from my own marketing perspective mm. and niching and you know yeah, yeah it's is, important isn't it yeah, but I think it's, it's that it's working out period that's really valuable as well isn't it it's tough yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. to work it out yeah you do yeah. yeah I mean I wish I'd because I used to joke about it in 2012 I used to say why don't I just focus on billing managers yeah you know, it's not, it's too, the industry's too small. It's yeah. not enough, and then, and, that, and that's what we're doing. And, yeah, and the, the business yeah, yeah. Is, is, is thrived on it because mm. people get us, and they know what we're doing, and we and we love what we're doing. Yeah. And, and it's so. weird, that isn't it, when you can really double down. Like, you, there's a huge part of your just thought in your head or voice, whatever, saying yeah. you're missing out on way too much here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Double down. <laughs> yeah, you know, just, just double, yeah, if it's working, the, yeah. and then just go all in, and mm. that, and that's what we did. And then, and also now it's sort of growing outside of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what? Yeah. What? So um, cool. So so let's talk a bit about that period and, and working with these recruitment businesses, etc. What, what's like the most common thing that you get brought in to to do or or help them change, etc. What What would you say is the most common thing that you do? I know you said billing managers, yeah. but is that there... that's our flagship? Okay. Um, we've got a program called Good to Great, okay. which is run by Mike Watman, my business partner. Okay. Um, what's so, that about then? Is that so that that is aimed at senior consultants who are perhaps plateauing or they okay. just want to work a bit smarter and more effect- efficiently to help them um, build more? Yeah. So you know you, you you might get you sort of hit that wall. Yeah. You know. So 
if it's a 200,000 pound bill and they want to get to that half million yeah. or whatever. Well, let's, what, what, what let's unpack things? then. So you help with that, right? That's with your business partner. But, but that, that's, uh, that's an interview with Mike Watman. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, I think so, yeah, because okay. uh, that's his, his bag and he knows it inside out and that, and he comes from, he's been a top performer, he's built teams. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I'm yeah. sure you, you've got a bit of an opinion, right? I guess what, what do you see that the best billers do a lot of, like, because what I really, the last question I asked someone on here was, um, what do, what does your um, day look like? Yeah, who, who like build a lot? I think that's that's a big thing. Like like how do people structure yeah. their bigger their, phone bill? Yeah. more meetings. <laughs> Say that again, sorry. Bigger phone bill. Yeah, more meetings. Okay, nice, fair enough. But yeah, I don't know because you <laughs> you've, you've been <laughs> that's you've, what top performers do. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. But you've been around these people, right? I don't know. Is there yeah. anything that strikes you that you see a lot of when you come across big billers or whatever? Is there anything that I know everyone's different and has their own way? But is there any? Any similar yeah. trade? I think that you see a lot I think of. it's so diverse. You know, you'll have someone who can literally make all their money on the phone. You mm. know, and um, not not have that many meetings. But yeah, yeah. but um, I think in a in a world now where there's so much noise um, yeah. and automation and so on, that that personable approach. Mm. You know, getting out and meeting the candidates, getting out and meeting yeah. the client, not not taking it for granted. Um, yeah, for you sure. Know, so if you've got to build communities now. Ma- you? Yeah, massively. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and also be uh, you know. I know it's a bit cliche, uh, but to be a thought leader in your sector. So if yeah. you're gonna if you're gonna niche, um, and I think what we'll see, and we we, we we do it on the billing manager course now. So we're doing um, you know on the camera, yeah, you know, yeah. how to communicate on the oh, camera, nice, nice. mainly b- because we're we're teaching gravitas and yeah. how to communicate and hold a room. You know, as a, mm. as a key leadership skill. But um, I think now for consultants, I mean, me- media training is it's is going to be key a key part. And this is where you guys, feel yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, that ability to project your voice through through the camera yeah um and even the you know even the quality of it mm. you know not just what you say but the, the delivery of it the lighting everything is going to become yeah. so much more important now yeah, yeah. um uh, and i think that's going to be the transition yeah um but i don't think we can ever take away getting out and and, no, and, yeah. and meeting the people yeah you still got to do that legwork and still do that yeah, and, yeah for and, sure because candidates remember that forever yeah, yeah. you know when you, you you know that that's yeah no that that's a huge huge and part it's a, of it, for, one of the main reasons why you know the candidate it's different between the candidate going you know what uh, it's much easier if you haven't met the consultant to go yeah. i'm not interested yeah exactly i think look i'm hearing it a lot you you may hear this or you you've you've heard it for a while but I think re- recruiters and recruiting businesses now that they, they don't want to be perceived as just a business that gets bums on seats. That's like they want to get as far away from that as possible. They want to be, maybe they've already thought this because you've been in the industry longer yeah. than I have, but they want to be seen as a, a real service provider. They want to be seen as a, an extension of their clients' businesses. Do you know what I mean? And I think yeah. that that's that's a huge part of it. What, what you're talking about. So a, li- a little just interested and intrigued. Then what 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 um. What sort of things do you talk about to help people get in front of the camera like? Because a lot of people are scared of that and everyone, if you scroll through your LinkedIn newsfeed now, it's just videos everywhere. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So is there anything that, what, yeah, how do you help people get over that or any advice on for people to, who are thinking, oh, I've seen these videos everywhere and yeah. need to start doing them like what? So there's a couple of things. Mm. Uh, first thing is that what you said about being more personable is, is, is exist forever. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's just that the platforms have changed. So, yeah. so the idea of trying to separate myself and engage with a client and, mm. and, and customer service and mm. and having a client um, engagement strategy has you know that's been around for a, yeah. for a long time. Um, so I think people the danger right now is that people are gravitating towards it because it's easier. Yeah, you know, it, and it's nicer. Mm. Um, um, but at some point, you've got to also do the introduction, yeah. which is a cold call. <laughs> right so it's so, got to be both yeah it's yeah yeah so you know and, and i remember making my i mean even the piece of work i got uh, i remember shaking 
you know, making really? a, even a, and I'm a seasoned South, you know, but I've worked yeah. at Yellow Page for years. So what, when you did the video? Uh, no, I'm talking about making just a cult, you know, like, oh, cold I, you know, oh, starting yeah. a business from Jesus scratch, Christ, you know, yeah. in 2012 and just phoning up people. I used to, yeah, I used to dread, know, still, I used to dread business development. Yeah, still, yeah, yeah, oh, you, you know, still yeah. get that weird feeling in your tummy, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. fuck. So you got to kind of, it's like the pregame that isn't, and, and mm. kind of what's the worst case scenario. So, yeah, yeah. so there's still, there's still going to be that element, regardless of how we communicate online, how we communicate, yeah. you know, with technology and automate things and so on. There's still an introduction at some point yeah. with someone you've never met before. And that's where business development comes from. So, mm. so, so, there, so that's key. Um, the, as far as the actual video is concerned, I think the, the challenge we've got at the moment is that there's so much stuff out there. Yeah. Hey, I've got this candidate, and there's a, you know, and, and this, you know, yeah. um, and it's just a, you know, you can just sort of scroll through it. Um, yeah. I think, and then, then you've got the the how to. So yeah. you know, do this and try this, yeah, and here yeah, are the five yeah. rules, and yeah. here you know, like, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I've done that, right? So. Yeah. Um, but I think the things that will separate consultants is their ability to tell stories. Yeah, definitely. Is storytelling, not not even their personal story, but you know, let me tell you about a candidate. That, yeah, da, 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 you know that, and and there's a there's an art and a craft to that, and, and yeah. the way to structure it, and um, you know, every story has a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. there's a there's a there's something to be taught there, mm. and I think if 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 consultants can start getting to that mindset of sharing case studies, but in a subtle way through storytelling yeah. you know and make the candidate the hero or the client yeah. the hero no, I really like that then, then um, and that, that's what we, you know like insight selling and yeah, using yeah. data and, and wrapping it all up in an emotional story which yeah. is why TED is yeah. so popular because yeah. it's just data wrapped in an emotive mm. story it works and yeah. I think if you can do that in a minute and a half yeah. on, on LinkedIn you're going to have a serious gonna, competitive advantage you'll have a competitive yeah, advantage yeah no I really like that and I think Look, if anyone, if anyone's listening to this and thinking, yeah, you know what, all I see is videos on my LinkedIn newsfeed. Trust me, like that doesn't mean you shouldn't start. The the market is, it, it, I know it looks like like everyone's doing it. Yeah. Trust me, they're not. There, there's a lot of people that aren't willing to get in front of the camera, and, and it is still right. such mm-hmm. a huge window of opportunity. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, yeah, don't. Don't make the decision of right. Okay, I'm going to get in front of the camera, and all I'm going to do is talk about my jobs. That yeah. Don't do that. And I think. Um, because I, um, I was preparing for a talk that I'm doing uh, for the TRN actually about some of this stuff and I think if any recruiter right now was to scroll through their, their posts, if they were to look at the ones that they spoke about jobs and then the ones that they're more in lines of storytelling spoke about how they helped a candidate, yep. th- that one is always going to have 10 times more engagement. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. Um, 100% couldn't agree more. So um, what, what I'd like to dive into now is, um, so the four keys, right? Yes. Is, yeah, um, yeah. So, so this is your. So it is called that. Your your new book that's coming out, it's right? The four keys. Yeah. So what are what are the four keys? Business, mm. body, relationships, mindset. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So where? How did you build that? Because I, I really believe in that. I think um, it makes it simple, doesn't it? If if you get those right, then you're in a pretty good spot. But yeah. what? Yeah. How did you come to that conclusion of right? Okay. If you, if you get those right, then that should hopefully help. Yeah. Um, well, there's there's several kind of. Um, evolutions or sections okay. to it if you like personal and then how i kind of introduced it to a group of people and, yeah. and so on so um so the kind of context behind it really and, and the, i mean i've always talked about business and, and mindset yeah you know there was kind of two for the last 10 yeah. 15 years that has always been my my sweet spot the relationships and and even body even though background is sports yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So um, whenever you'd be going into these businesses, it normally you'd, you'd be talking about these things, right? The, the business, the mindset. The, that's it. Yeah, that maybe a bit of good. health, but yeah, not, yeah. not. It was kind of winging it, really, yeah, in, yeah, in that yeah. sense. I mean, it was just it, not winging it, but it would come up in conversation, and, and I could bring just my own sport, my yeah. own experience yeah. um, of that. Uh, but but to, to kind of give a very short uh, overview, I, I I came from a family of bakers, so my my job, you know, from the moment I was born was to be a baker. I mean, I, my dad, granddad was a baker, you yeah. know, based in North London, moved to Tunbridge Wells, had bakeries. My dad took it over mm. and, and, and always, I that, was think the, of that was else. the plan for you. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think of any, anything else. Yeah. And, um, uh, but my dad sold the business when I was 11. I was devastated. Really? Um, and even then I kind of had this entrepreneurial flair of what we could do with the bakery and, yeah, nice. and so on. So I was, it was like the whole world just sort of changed. But my dad was convinced by a friend of his to move into the property market. And, um, and, and so he moved into the property market. To be fair to me, he made a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, we had big houses in Tunbridge Wells, yeah, fancy yeah, holidays. Yeah. You know, we had this beautiful blue E-type Jag that you see, you know, my dad yeah. was a big fan of classic cars. But as quickly as he made his money, he lost a lot. Um, but at, when he had the money, he was enjoying life, you know, mm-hmm. so he was, he was enjoying the, the good life. Yeah. The, he'd gained weight he'd, yeah. um, uh, and he was a sportsman as well. So that, that kind of stopped um, his, his relationships had become dysfunctional with my mum so yeah. during that time as well. <clears throat> so whilst we had all these nice things, mm. things were kind of sort of falling apart. And then and in the 80s, the, the property market sort of just crashed. And and we lost lost everything, so everything downsized. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And and then you know, you know, we see it now. You know, he just didn't have the agility to kind of fight back. He'd got fat, and people we see this in now. You know, people get metaphorically getting fat. You know, yeah, on yeah. their, you know, and um, getting a bigger house, but yeah, yeah, the yeah. eight hundred pound lease on the on the Range Rover, and et cetera, et cetera. And um, and we even seen Bezos. He's getting divorced, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, you know, he's rich, what a rich man in the world, nearly. Um, so. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, one Sunday night, my dad came to the room and said, uh, "Andrew, I'm I'm going to bed. Come and give your dad a hug." And I said, "No, no, no. He's, he's, you've had yeah. a beer." And I was 16 at the time. He said, yeah. "Come and give your dad a hug." Anyway, he went to bed, and that was the last time I saw him. Yeah. He, he died of a heart attack, age yeah. 48. Wow, um, so young. So at the time, you know, it, so it, it seems young at the time, but you know, it is. I mean, it's. I mean, I'm I'm 43 this year. So, so young. you know, it's uh, so. So he, yeah, so unfortunately he, he died of a heart attack and, um, and it's just stuck with me. And I don't know if the yeah. work I do now with business leaders is born out of that or a catalyst for it. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Because yeah, if, yeah. if you, you saw that with your own eyes, it's something that you obviously cared about and you, you know how important it is yeah. and how yeah, much yeah, of yeah. a yeah. negative impact it can have on everywhere else in yeah. your life. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. And, and then even when I was at Yellow Pages, I was seeing it. You know yeah. what I mean? I was seeing like my dad and every, you know, yeah. these people that have grown a business, started a business there, investing in advertising. And then I'd worked with them over three years. And then you kind of go, what's going on here? Yeah. You know, um, you know, they're getting divorced or they're, they've gained weight or mm. um, the business, you know, and the business suffers. So, so that, so that kind of has always been in my mind. And, yeah, and yeah. I think maybe one of the reasons why I got into the, into the coaching, but um, so fast forward by 2016, I was, you know, I'd been the head coach of Team GB for, yeah. for the roll hockey. We'd, we'd had the best results ever. I'd written a book about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I, was, I had a thriving coaching practice. Uh, everything was going brilliantly. Yeah. Two, you know, two young kids, an elder daughter, you know, three beautiful kids, my wife. Uh, everything's going brilliant. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden my wife turned around and said, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> you know, you're like, what? Wait, what? Yeah. 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 Uh, I didn't sign up for this. Mm. You know, it's like, what do you mean? You know, everything's great. You know, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden you realize it's not and you, you don't hear the warning signs. So as mm. a, as a business owner, um, so I, so I started talking to a few of my, um, the business owners that I was working with yeah. and they were going, mate, this is, this is real. You know, this mm. is for the same, you know, and everyone seemed to be having the same, whether yeah. it was their health or, and my health had deteriorated. I was suffering with, uh, yeah, I think chronic I arthritis yeah, and, yeah. 
and it was and then I realized it was more to do with stress and I was getting gout and I kind of mm. started researching that and why I was getting gout and my family joke about it because my dad had gout and they say it's the only thing he left me but I <laughs> um, so I started really looking at this and uh, and that's how it kind of manifested itself so you realized it was actually happening around you that you'd been oh, seeing it's a your serious life. case of cobbler shoes because yeah. I was I was you know doing the work yeah, and, then, yeah, yeah. and then thinking wow. actually I've you know I was between Dubai New York and yeah. tra- traveling all over the place and you know, was there a f- certain moment then? Like, I know you said you didn't see the warning signs and stuff, but was there a mo- moment where you're like, fuck, like th- these things are really starting to de- deteriorate around me and things? Was there yeah, when certain- my wife moved out. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Too late. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. So, no, we're fine now. But, but, you know, it was a real kind of, you know, and so I started thinking, how do we become more proactive about this stuff? And, and, um, and so, so, yeah, so we, so we looked at, so I introduced it to a few people and then we created this mastermind, you know, I, I launched yeah, it I and, and, about that, yeah. uh, and we had this mastermind and the guys were coming back saying, wow. this is game changing. Mm. Like we are having, uh, and then some of you watching this, you know, uh, you mm. know, they were just literally game changing and the results. Mm. So I was still, I still had this kind of business psychologist hand. I said, look guys, do you want me to run a, a seminar on, you know, so we'd got on zoom or something like that yeah, on yeah, Facebook. Yeah. Do you want me to do something on business and structure and processes? Yeah. And they were like, no. no, you know, we're just going all in on our body, our relationships, our mindset. Love business that. is literally taking care of itself. I love that. Um, whereas I think we get so obsessed with the business. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so, th- so that was a real that was a real shift, and that was back in so that was 2017. Yeah. So I set my one of my so we had these 90 day game plans. Yeah. And I said to the guys, look, my 90 day game plan is I'm going to write a book about right. this, just uh, what we're doing with your case studies and yeah, 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 and so on. And I set myself a target to complete the book by the end of the year. And um, and a few other things, an online program and stuff like that. Like big, we, we had these goals that we, we said would just scare us. You know, we, let's yeah. come up with things that just scare us. But yeah. if we can compress time in ninety days, we can we can perhaps you know. Make yeah, some what is that happen. about? We, we've been speaking about that as a business. More think of it as like, like a ninety day stretch. And yeah. what, what is it about that 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 helps? I guess visualize <clears throat> it or not not make it f- seem as big. Do you get what I mean? What? Yeah, what? I, th- I think it takes from a dream or an aspiration to something practical. Yeah, practical. Pragmas- yeah, that's pragmatic. It. So it just makes it more practical and yeah. actually realistic yeah, yeah, yeah. and achievable. Yeah, yeah even a thirty day target. What yeah. can I do in the next thirty days that's going to get, get me closer to that? To that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So we started doing that, and it, and then, but even you know, what can we do between eight and twelve mm. each day? You know, mm. when you're most cognitive, when your 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 brain power is stronger. You know, and what are some of the things that we just don't like doing? If we can just get them done, yeah, yeah. Cause you, yeah, you know, I've heard that a lot. Yeah, well, in life you have the, you have come one foot on the accelerator, and one foot on the brake. So you've got mm. one foot on the accelerator towards the the vision, yeah. and this idea, and then you've got this kind of yeah, but I don't really like doing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you've <laughs> yeah, got this yeah. kind, of, and that's why not everybody achieves their full potential or, or their yeah. objectives yeah, because because yeah. they don't want to do the work, you know, mm. and, and or or the heavy lifting or the stuff that's a bit uncomfortable, mm. um, which might be you know set yourself a target to put. 10 videos out as a consultant yeah, yeah. i'm going to put i don't want to do it i hate it but i yeah. know it's going to win me more business if i just put 10 videos out over the next 90 days yeah, yeah you know yeah. just setting yourself a, a metric mm. like that um which is aligned to the to the vision the personal yeah. vision how big is accountability with that then because like i think that facebook groups and things like that that's that helps with that <clears> isn't it i guess you're sharing it with the group because yeah if if you if if andrew you don't do that you know that these people are going to hold you accountable we feel like you're letting them down yeah you know exactly. so we didn't call it a mastermind at the time. It was we just had a WhatsApp group. Yeah, it was yeah. A get fit to win WhatsApp group. Yeah. Um, and some people more focused on their health. Some people more focused on. Some were focused on business. Some were focused on the relationships. All the above. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, yeah, just that. And we would post our ninety day targets yeah, nice. in the group. I like that. Uh, so everyone, you see them, and I share some of them in the book. Some of the case studies. Yeah, so people cool. get an example of. of and they're quite, they're quite different. Some are yeah. uh, are very metric focused, and yeah, some yeah, aren't yeah. so um, metric focused, but. 
but either way it's there's some sort of level of outcome that yeah. i'm working towards i think i've heard that a lot like, i'm i'm big into my podcast self-development all that stuff and i think um yeah i've heard a lot recently about um like yeah if you if you get that fitness right in terms of really taking care of yourself and and also the mindset's got to be in that like everything else should hopefully take care of itself yeah so obviously people that you've i guess you experience a bit that yourself and or the people that you speak to that the yeah the business is doing fine and i guess a lot of people would think no i have to really really focus on the business which is why i don't have time to do these mindset stuff and the the body but actually you can focus on that because that will take care of itself maybe even do even better when you do really focus you're going to become more productive yeah you've got more brain power yeah um you're going to be more effective you're going to be a better person around those people around you so so look i'm not saying you know stop drinking do this there's nothing like that um but there are some you know one of the things i talk about in the book is it always ready you know uh, what what you do today is going to determine how ready you are tomorrow yeah so so if you if you're going to go out and party then you know don't be surprised if you're not as ready as you want to be the next (laughs) day or if you're irritable whatever so so it's just a choice that you make um but yeah the 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 bit you can make the business thrive but it, that other stuff will catch up with you. So if yeah. the if the relationship becomes toxic, mm. you know you, you're not going to go into work the same person. No, you know if you're going through some some trauma around that, if if your health is deteriorated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I stood up at uh, an event a couple, uh, just when I got the idea, and I said to them, "I said, you all got your three year plan. You're all here. It was a, it was a conference of recruiters, and yeah. I said, you've all got your three year plan. I said, here's here's, here's what's going to happen. And you've told your partner it's all going to come good, and the holidays yeah, yeah, will come, yeah, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. I said, here's what's going to happen. I said that your partner won't be there. <laughs> I said that the the money you've got you're gonna be spending on medical bills. Yeah. And uh there's a danger your relationship to become toxic with yeah. your kids. And and uh everyone just kinda of looked at me and say, you are literally in my living room. You know, it's like <laughs> and that's how it all started. So so um I like that. What but, so I really like the relationships part and I think really would I really do I speak to people about relationships in here and I I really like that. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. So I guess you can talk from your own experience, but what did you start? Because like, I think in it makes sense I guess in any anyone who's a guy that's really driven by their business purpose-led etc etc yeah um there's so many guys out there that that's what really drives them and that's what they really focus on right and so when they do get home with the missus a lot of the time they're not even there right they're not even there with them even though like present you mean yeah they're they're not present yeah Yeah. so i guess what and in and in recruitment in particularly obviously you've got um young guys absolutely working our ass off young females doing that as yep. well it's normally that they stay late and all that so i think mm-hmm. that's that's a really important element for sure that i don't really speak about that i've experienced myself so what things did you start to do or change to, to help your your relationship then that yep. had an impact or other people have spoken to you about as well yeah so so one thing is about being present if you're pre- yeah, if you're there you're yeah. present and, and i think I, that's that's I one thing get, get rid of the phones and, yeah. and we all do it right i mean we've all you know, I've, I, I, was, I caught myself the other day, my, my little one asked me a question. I was kind of, yeah, I was yeah. Thinking, what am I doing? Because I think that's what so I mean, because a lot of people can get caught up with. So if, if your um, partner's going, oh, like, you're, um, you're not spending enough time with me, et cetera, et cetera, guys can easily go, what? I've been, I'm, I'm, I spend every evening with you or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what she's actually saying is, like, when you're here, you're, you're, you're not with me. Or she, you know what I mean? Yeah, or she. So, yeah, no, 100%, I think it's like, yeah, yeah. Don't don't think. All right, okay. Well, no, I've been here all evening with you. What you're on about? It's actually yeah, yeah, yeah. even if you spent less time. So let's say you only had an hour when you got home. If you're completely present with that person, that hour is going to be long enough. Do you know what I mean? So I think yeah, a lot of people yeah. get caught up with that, don't they? That absolutely. And yeah. you, and also, you know, that 
depending on if if he or she is the breadwinner or something like that yeah. you know well i'm bringing in the you yeah, know, i'm doing yeah, my yeah. work so you, you know yeah, yeah. we have a nice you know and all that kind of stuff as if it's some sort of justification for not being present yeah, yeah. so that that's one thing but what what we're not talking about here or at least i'm not talking about is work-life balance mm. because there are historically you know our ancestors you, you go away for days you know time mm. you know weeks uh, you have to do the work you yeah. know and, and and i think we probably lost that that idea that um you know that we're not going to be around all the time you know we might be working late we mm. might have to travel and, and stuff like that it's it's w- what lets it down is is the lack of proactive thinking to say right well you know, in February, I'm going to be away working away for a week, or I'm, I know it's going to be really intense for a period of time. Mm. Or just my lifestyle is that I work till late every night. Yeah. What do I need to be thinking about to build in that time? So, mm. right, I need to book that that time. Um, you know, whether if, if you've got kids, it, I've, I've got to get the babysitter sorted. Just yeah, take yeah. some control yeah. of it. Um, obviously, you involve your partner with it, but it's just that that level of proactive thinking. Because when it's all go go go, all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's we're coming up for February. Before you know it, it's November. Yeah. Um, so it's more about, it's not necessarily, right, well, I'm going to stop, I'm going to work and I'm stopping at 5.30 every day. Yeah. It's, no, actually, I do work till 8. Um, so what can I do to make up for that? Uh, yeah. And build that time in. Yeah, I like a, that. In a proactive way. I like that. I, no, I agree. Yeah, I think obviously work-life balance is getting chucked around so much now. And yeah, and I don't think that just simply means, well, I, I work le- I'll work less or whatever and I have more free time. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's so much yeah. more than that. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Um, okay, last bit before... Um, Bit, okay cool we've got we've got a bit of time and we'll start wrapping up but okay. what about the um the fitness part then because I'm, I'm quite passionate about that and i think um for me my personal <clears> experience <throat> being in, in an office environment um you hear diet talk every single day yeah oh, i'm trying this diet this week <laughs> next week ah, it's yeah, not working yeah, yeah. it's not working like i hear it all the time on monday people are in good spirits or, or whatever yeah uh, and by the end of it they're there on uh, Fat Friday, getting getting those meals in. Yeah, yeah. And um, it, obviously, it's a it's a it's a constant challenge. And I think, yeah, in the workplace, it's a lot more um, evident. I think, and you hear a lot more of that conversation. So, and I couldn't agree more. When I felt my best now, and and also in recruitment, is when I, I made sure that I made time to to work out or exercise or whatever. Yeah, like one thousand percent. And I'm sure a lot of people would agree with that. So, what 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 things did people start changing in, in your uh, mastermind group or, or whatever that, that helped them that you can talk about or share? Yeah, it's a good question. I, so I think when we, when we first got into it, yeah. um, I, I, my, my views have changed actually of, okay, of fitness, cool. particularly from, and, and even just from that experience, yeah. um, you know, come from a sports background, if I wasn't training, I was getting weaker. Yeah. You know what I mean? And actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually overtraining and getting weaker from the training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's one thing I think we need to be mindful of is that we don't have to, train as chronically as we we think yeah. we should you know so when i hear people say you know i've got out of, i've got out of shape so i've signed up for the marathon i'm like <laughs> you know why do you need to do that you know what i mean you know yeah, yeah, one yeah. you're going to be out all sunday running mm. you know so that's going to impact your family you know yeah yeah so so my views of you know if you're if you're a high performance athlete you're going to do things that are perhaps not as good yeah. for you in the in in the hope to win the goal yeah, you know yeah. you, there's you know that's just reality but we don't need to be walking around injured in fact <clears throat> so i take a very much an ancestral approach okay. um, our ancestors never worked out yeah, you know they, they had to sprint every now and then yeah yeah um not not everyone could sprint for whatever reason but um but every you know i always say to people it's seven to ten days you know just sprint a little bit you know if you're going to train in the gym you know my my mindset was and even people that train with me up until about a year ago is that you leave nothing in the gym you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. You leave everything in the gym, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. You leave everything in there. You just, everything's to failure. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. and then spend the rest of the day just 
<laughs> not with it do you know what I mean or, yeah. or overeating now because you, you just want to eat whatever you can get your hands on oh, which yeah. causes inflammation yeah, and all that yeah. kind of stuff and even chronic training you know it stimulates cortisol it's a stress hormone yeah. and then you go into work and you're more stressed and yeah. so so my views of training have changed dramatically and so how I work with so I trained as a health coach last year yeah. to just to help help my clients a bit better side so I could give some some sort of um, some good information yeah. so they can make an informed choice and, and just slowing it down you know strength training hugely important um particularly as we age yeah. uh, but it doesn't have to be three to four times a week yeah. you know and is I, it, I can imagine it being more focused on like just full body like movements yeah, not like yeah, just movement. bicep curls yeah yeah you, you yeah know what I mean? you know just stretching as well right and all that that's so movement important. stretching um and uh but, but bringing that kind of strength element yeah into it and there's different ways to do strength training sure. body weight you can do you know you pick up the barbell and, yeah um but, you know, I did the four days a week CrossFit stuff, Ooh, you know, back in the day, you know, you know and, uh, you know, you kind of, the whole, like, the cycle is CrossFit, intense, yeah. try some ollie lifting, get yeah. injured, recover, yeah, go back, yeah, yeah. do it again, get injured. You and know. I think, I think, I think a lot of people have people that, percep- that <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people have that perception as well, which uh, prevents a lot of people starting as well. Do you know what I mean? That they yeah, think, yeah. oh yeah, I'm getting back at the gym. So they associate, okay, so that means doing all those things that you're talking about. Do you know what I mean? That you've now changed. Yep. So I think that, that also puts a lot of fear into people because they're like, oh no, I can't, I can't do that. Yeah, but I yeah, think yeah. you're right. I think, um, yeah, having less of, a, of an expectation that you don't need to go there and, and walk out there not being able to push the door open because you <laughs> weigh your arm so hard. Do you know what I mean? I, exactly. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And, and we, we did some studies, actually. We, we, we used some equipment. We worked with a, a recruitment company, um, and we did a, a study on those that trained at lunchtime. Nice. And, and there were <clears throat> people that were training quite aggressively, you know, like uh, really into their how they look and yeah, shredding yeah, and that yeah. kind of stuff. And um, we could see that their cognitive ability dropped wow. in the afternoon. So, so we know that it, really it doesn't, yeah, so that, that was interesting. In fact, the people that went out for a walk um, were far more effective Love cognitively that. in the afternoon than, than, than stressing their body like that. That's really interesting. But the, the most important thing, particularly for consultants, business owners, is um, w- w- what you eat. Yeah. You know? and, and if, so if you're looking to get leaner, if you're looking to get stronger, feel better cognitively, mm. um, it's 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 really down to what what we eat, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think there are some really good hacks around that that, that people can th- consider. Um, you do know, yeah, I, th- I oh. think so. You know, and, and okay. certainly eating, and people people will challenge this. I mean, stuff came out in the news this morning. We've got to eat more fiber, and and and, and yeah. I and I haven't had a. I mean, I don't eat. So you're on the you're on the keto diet, or I remember in the last now. Question. Or I high fat diet. Uh, uh, right now, yeah, it's it's World Carnival month, so I've not eaten anything apart from meat. Really? For, for the last really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so totally carnivore at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just an experiment. It's yeah, uh, that's fun. Look, but I, I think, feel but I feel brilliant on it. Yeah, no, I think what you just said there, experiment is the important word there. I think um everyone's looking for that that golden bullet, everyone's looking for that that one diet that's gonna save them. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think look from my I, I commented on your recent post about obviously the, the vegan diet and all that. I I was vegan for um a year and a half and I was vegetarian for like three three years, right? Mm-hmm. And the thought of eating meat during that period was like, yeah, yeah. oh, what? Yeah, yeah. You, no. I did it as well, you know. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. and I think, um, but and then look, I had a bit, I had a bit of a um, an epiphany myself, and I realised, I, I think for me, you got to listen to your body. And there was a moment where I was like, you know what? When I, when I do eat, I feel like I'm, I feel bloated a lot more than I did. Um, I started having more stomach aches, and I was like, you know what? Th- this diet is no longer serving me. Mm-hmm. However, when you're when you're in that w- that world, which I understand, um, is that you, you can become 
it's, it's almost can become a bit more more of a cult and it's like no well if you look at i mean you've only got to go on a, a forum <laughs> that's and, what i mean you know it's particularly is because i'm the i've gone done a 180 haven't i so i'm totally yeah I, i've done the same carnivore yeah. and uh, my partner's still a yeah, vegan though so I, the, right. the looks i get when i'm cooking chicken fires yeah, for, for dinner and that yeah is, yeah, uh, yeah it's uh <laughs> it's a, it's a, it is a tough one but you yeah. know what what's the purpose behind it why are we doing it and then you get into all different ethical arguments and and so on it's probably not for, not for this podcast but um but it's, I think your down, point about trusting, yeah. trusting. You got to listen to your body. Gut, yeah. So, you know, so what? So what? Are, what are hacks? Because all I see is people just eating sandwiches every lunch, and, that, yeah, and, that, yeah, and yeah. I know that doesn't serve people. Like yeah. in terms of making sure that they maximise their day by feeling energetic, cognitively, etc., etc. Yeah. Et yeah. Everyone reaches for the meal deal. Get like, the grain fog. Yeah. You know, and, it's uh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so what? What things have? Uh, Help or little hacks or whatever that people can do. do you know, so I can, I can only go what's what's worked for me and yeah, some cool. of the clients that I've worked with, and and because they have different different goals, they sure. might still lose weight, get leaner, yeah, sure, just sure. feel better. Um, perhaps they're trying to reduce inflammation, that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, I'm a, I'm a big advocate of the the ketogenic diet. Yeah. You know, I know that this this morning news came out saying you know we've got to eat a fiber and eat our carbs and all that kind of stuff. I think that's just industry news. I, I, I don't believe it. Um, yeah. Um, keto for those that not sure what it is it's a very low carb diet yeah, yeah. high fat low yeah. m- moderate protein i think it's very sustainable that's what's been working for me yeah, yeah for sure. it works and it's, it's certainly mileage levels that you know having suffered with gout for 15 years mm. um and just eliminated that with, with yeah. keto so, by the way there, there's a process because <laughs> to, to a transition should i say yeah, you know, yeah. it's not i don't want anyone to go oh that sounds great i'm just yeah, gonna stop yeah. eating carbs for yeah see I, a, to be fair i've never gone like full keto for months but i i'm on a low carb <clears> diet definitely yeah, like yeah, as yeah. in i just yeah that's what all i'd call it that yeah, i don't yeah. like to consume a lot carbs yeah and some of the people i work with that are perhaps more active and they are mm. training you know i'm not a big fan of long endurance training um but if they are then w- what that i would say is them. anything between so yeah for 150 grams of carbohydrate per mm. day yeah. which is still low yeah. for, the, for most people for the majority, I mean, yeah, if you have yeah. a couple of sandwiches and then Jesus. you know other things Adds then up so you're up quick. 400 500 and it's insidious yeah. so so those that put on weight between the age of 20, and that's what we see in recruitment, don't we? Yeah. You know, someone comes into business at 23, unrecognisable <laughs> at 28. You know, but it's because yeah. of insidious, you know, you're yeah. putting a couple of pounds on a year, you yeah, know, all yeah, of a sudden, yeah. you know, you look around and you go, what happened there? And yeah, you, yeah, you know, so, right. so I think there are ways to maintain your body weight. I mean, I'm probably, you know, I feel better now than I did in my 20s. Yeah. You know, I was eating a high-carb diet yeah. in the gym three, yeah. four di- days a week and, and, and then hockey as well. So... Um, I'm, I'm a fan of fasting. You know, again, it's, yeah, you know, yeah, I think I don't intermittent fasting. Yeah, yeah, I've not eaten today. I think, I, I, think I, it, I think it's what you said is like, for, I know everyone's different and some people need their breakfast. I used to be like that. But for me, especially in like a, a, sales, a sales environment, like I feel like that window of when you get into the office to 12 is like su- such a productive yeah. point. Um, period and i think for me i don't i don't know what it is but i just feel more productive more clear headed when i just feel like slightly empty and i, yeah. I just feel like we might I be producing focus. ketones as well so yeah. you might be you know even though even intermittent fasting would, would produce ketones yeah. which is a, a cleaner fuel for the brain than, yeah. than glucose so sure. you know that, that that's just so that's, that's something to what experiment I with follow. yeah i think yeah. T- t- you know i mean if anybody wanted to send me a message and some advice on it i'm happy to yeah. give some advice but because it it to, to fast you know there it, you it has know, that association that you don't eat yeah yeah <laughs> and, and it's and there's a difference between fasting and starving yeah you yeah, know starving exactly. will cause uh stress response <laughs> put you in fight flight yeah. and then you get autophagy and, and that's not very nice so um so yeah it's you've got to be fat adapted so if you can get to 12 o'clock without eating then mm. it's probably because you we've got plenty of fat on our body yeah, yeah and now yeah. the body's using that as a fuel source rather than glucose yeah. whereas if you come in have the 
the cappuccino and then yeah. the you know the, the 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 breakfast and then you think oh I better have a snack at because I'm you know so insulin you're on the insulin mm. roller coaster yeah yeah so as a as a top performer you don't want that I mean, no you, you definitely know, that, don't as a business that you want to be you know I'm obviously I'm delivering training people always say to me oh, you, you know it's five o'clock you still yeah. get you know and it's like I know it, I'll get that I think the, the what what I think for that is like how can like there's there's so many people out there who just every time at three o'clock they go oh god I'm feeling a bit tired they're gonna get a coke yeah you know or something and yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like. I don't, it just doesn't make sense to me that like they'll and then they'll just do the same thing the next day. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just, just it's hard, it. you know. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, as sugar arguably is more addictive than cocaine. So you yeah. know, it's people say, "Oh, I'm addicted to sugar." Well, try stop it, stop having it. Then. <laughs> you know, so I, and then I'll go, and then it's hard. Yeah. You know, it, no, it really it is. is. It is. It is a difficult transition, and um, and but I always say to people, if you if you're going to work with me from a health coaching perspective, cut out sh- sugar and grains for 21 days. Yeah, just do that. See how you feel. Yeah, and then call me in 21 yeah. days yeah. if you can commit to that. Then, then we can start the work. Yeah. I think the important thing to underline is that, which is why we got onto this, is that if if you generally do take a real effort into that, it's going to benefit you in, in your whole day in terms of being a recruiter, working in business, yeah. whatever. Do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Well, it's it's going to have a direct impact. Yeah, you're steady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so um, look, before I let you go, um, yeah. I like to uh, always ask this question. So it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on this. So um, basically, you can answer with a phrase, a sentence, whatever comes to mind. Um, the question uh, uh, I'm asking you is, if you could <coughs> communicate to every recruiter, recruitment business owner um, out there, they'd listen to, to Andrew, um, they'd implement your advice. Mm-hmm. What would you say? What would the advice be? Yeah, what would the advice be? What, what would you say? Oh, um, can you put me on the spot there a little bit? So uh, what would the advice be? Because you, you said business owners and so we're to try and find somebody that's kind of at the core of that. I think going back to your p- point about the why. Okay. Um, you know, just have a, have, a, have a think about the story that shapes you. Mm. You know, because the, the why is often is manifested out the story that shapes us. Yeah. And that can be so powerful. Yeah. You know, once we kind of go, wow, you know, it's a, kind of been, you know, for 25 years, I didn't want to talk about loss of my dad. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, it became empowering rather than this yeah. kind of dark cloud over yeah. me. So some of those stories, you know, they can be really positive stories. Some of them might be some that you kind of just... Yeah, yeah. But that's Definitely. something for me in that, you know, just... You know, what's the story that shapes you? We, yeah. can, do, we can do psychometric testing, all that kind of stuff. But everyone knows that. Yeah. About, but, you know, and I... I talk about it in the book, but, you know, a, a guy that um, I was working with in the Middle East and, and did a psychometric test, and he's like, everyone knows this about me, and, you know. But then he, we had this kind of interaction, yeah. and I, I, won't, I won't give too much away, but it, he, he identified a story. It yeah. was so compelling to him as a leader um, that it just changed the whole dynamic of his team yeah. when he no. shared it. I really like that. What's the story that shapes you? I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look, before we finish, we, we mentioned it briefly before we... Um, Come up the stairs. Probably should have spoke about it a bit more, but um, so obviously you've got this new book coming out. When is it coming out? Uh, it'll be on Amazon January fifteenth, okay. and I believe the publisher runs it for like ninety nine cents or ninety nine p, depending really? where you are in the world. Yeah, so for a week. Oh, for a week. Bargain. Get those sales up. Yeah, I think the publisher, you know, gets the the bestseller thing. Yeah, it's some yeah, sort yeah. of strategy to do okay, it. So if enough. you're going to buy any time, <laughs> get get it then. Yeah, yeah. But January fifteenth. Cool. Yeah. I know. I know. We spoke about it. Look, I think um, you shared a lot about. Um, your perspective, your opinion, etc. I think, as I said, a lot of recruiters listen to this. So, if um, how do you feel about? I don't know. If if one or two people were to reach out with you and yep. share, I don't know. What do you think? A goal, for their their biggest goal of 2019, or their 90-day yep. goal. What, what do you think? The- well, let's see what we could do. The, on, on. on the website, there's, yep. a, there's a survey. Okay. 
and um on your website yeah yeah on, okay and, i'll put and, i'll put the link on the yeah the and we can send a survey actually put okay a, put the link on there um the first five people that complete the survey i'll send out five books okay is there anything that they need to put on there to indicate that they listen to this podcast uh it's a good point. Uh, <laughs> just make it. Just say yeah. I somewhere on the on the questionnaire. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then just put. Okay. Put, cool. Put the, so the, the first podcast. five people that fill out the survey, I'll, I'll put the notes. Um, yeah, the, the show notes in here. Um, within the survey, just put in big capital letters the recruitment roller coaster. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Podcast. And you'll uh, get yourself a, a free book. Yeah, first so thank you. I do appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Um, thank you. Thank you, mate. Really enjoyed yeah. it. Thanks a yeah. lot. No worries.